So good evening, everyone. Welcome to further discussions on those items that are there to enhance our devotional practice. As enunciated by Rupa Goswami in his Upadesha Amrita, six items that help us along the path, help us uh, become uh, become properly situated in bhakti. Utsahan, nischaya, dariyat. We discussed these things, utsaha, enthusiasm, specifically that enthusiasm that comes from steady practice as opposed to an initial enthusiasm that uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur uh, talks about being a symptom of one who's in the stage of Anista Bhajana Kriya, someone that's just starting out, uh, he's not yet fixed in his devotional practice, but he's taken up good associations, he's accepted the bona fide spiritual master, and he's... uh, He's engaging in bhajana kriya, but there is some anarthas there. So, during that stage of anista bhajana kriya, certain symptoms can manifest, and just like any uh, disease, as we explained when we were discussing Madhurya Kadamani, the symptoms do not manifest the same in everyone. But somehow or other, uh, Vishwanath, he's, he's pointed out these six stages or symptoms, I think would be a more appropriate nomenclature, of one who's at in an, in, engaged in Bhajana Kriya, but not yet steady. And the first stage, the first symptom, again, better nomenclature, the first symptom is that of uh, also utsaha, but utsaha mai. It's it's uh, initial enthusiasm, but that initial enthusiasm is just that. And Bhakti Ross uh, explained it nicely to me. It's like a booster rocket gets the rocket going, but the the booster burns out, then the rocket just kind of floats along. So it's good to get it started, that initial enthusiasm. I've met, I'm relieved from material life. I've met devotees. I'm going to actually see God soon. It's good to get you going. <laughs> he's going to come right down and, you know, we're going to hug. and He's going to shake my hand like he did with Brahma. Everything's going to be, you know, really nice. Uh-huh. But then we find out that there's some some additional cleansing required because of the anarthas. So then we become hot and cold, thick and thin. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. That's another of the symptoms he talks about, that he talks about the symptom of, if I just make this change, then I'll be able to do my service. Let me get married. No, let me renounce. No, let me become a temple president. No, let me become a bottle washer. 
No, let me go on Sankerton, Harinam, every day on the streets. That's the way to do it. No, I want to distribute books. If I was a book distributor, then Krishna would really take notice. And so many changes are there. We try to make these changes, incorporate them, and we find out, I still have some work to do. There's still some Anarthas there. But it's good. It's good. Um, so, parading possibilities. And then there's the fight, the struggle with the senses. They're still wanting to drag us back, and we're still saying, no, I've had enough of that. Well, maybe just one more chocolate bar. <laughs> one more movie. One more joint. <laughs> That'll make me happy. So we struggle with the senses. No, you can't do that. That's not good. Krishna's not pleased with that. The spiritual master will be displeased. The devotees will look at you, ridicule you. So, oh man. So, struggle with the senses is still there. And then, today I'm going to get it right. Today I'm going to chant all my rounds attentively. Today I'm going to get up on time. Today I'm going to read that chapter of Bhagavad Gita that I told myself I was going to read every day from the time I turned 32 on for the rest of my life. Here it is, I'm 35. Haven't quite got it there yet, but today's the day it's going to happen. I go to bed at night and it's, well, I read four verses and then I fell asleep. Okay. So, broken vows. Not the vows, as I said. These these are de uh, determined factors. We determine we're going to do this for our spiritual uh, uh, life and somehow or other at the end of the day we just didn't quite get it done. Or the end of the month or the end of the year or the end of the decade or the end of the life. I'm 65 years old and I still have no taste. Anyway, so these things are there in unsteady practice. And then, sometimes, you're blessed. The devotees take notice. The, the devotees are very kind. They take the littlest service that we may perform, and they say, wow, this is so tremendous. So, one's engaged in the practice for some time, and, uh, and there's some sweetness to the practice, but there's also some recognition of the practitioner's uh, service. So, oh, you've, you've cooked the most wonderful feast. Everybody loved your feast. Or everybody loved your class, or everybody loved your this, or your that, or you did this so wonderfully. And Oh, I did. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so, we kind of get kind of get, we ride the waves of bhakti. We ride the waves. A uh, little dangerous, that period of unsteady devotional practice, because it's kind of like a last snare of maya. Uh, in fact, uh, some of the acharyas have gone so far to say that if it develops into pratista, some some, uh, some real it can, it it can it, it 
it's the root of all anarthas. It can become the root of all anarthas. It can drag you right down. This pride, this false pride. I finally got it right. I must have it right. Everybody's worshiping me. The garlands are coming. The money's coming. You know, everything. I must, I, I just, yeah, I did it. I did it. What did you do exactly? Think about that. And if you can think about that, if you can contemplate that, and you can continually recognize the fact that there's nothing I could have done to get this benediction in my life. There's nothing that, that this is all coming by mercy. Then we can push through this last symptom of unsteady practice and, and steadiness is on the horizon then. So, beginning enthusiasm is also there. But the Utsaha that Rupa Goswami is talking about and the way that Bhaktivinoda Thakur talks about it in his Bhakti Aloka, which we're basing these classes on, is basically Bhaktivinoda's analysis in essays of the six, six items that are detrimental to our spiritual practice and the six items that are very conducive to spiritual practice. So when he speaks of utsaha, he speaks about not utsaha mai, but utsaha that's coming from steady practice. Utsaha nishjayad. So then he speaks of uh, confidence. And when he speaks of confidence, he puts that confidence in the fact that we have a, this is a very practical application of spiritual life. It has knowledge as its foundation. It has dignified practice based on that knowledge. And it has a goal which has been established when looked at carefully, according to Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. He says in Chaitanya Charitamrita, apply your intelligence to the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, to the merciful dispensation, you will find it most wonderful, the most wonderful. There's nothing more wonderful than this dispensation. So when we look at the goal of the devotional practice, we become enlivened. So Sambandha, Abhideya, Prayojan, very It, it's, it, it gives us real confidence because it's, it's based in a, in a really sound spiritual practice based on sound spiritual knowledge aspiring to an attainment of, of a goal which is, is the most magnificent especially in the wake of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu's advent. And uh, Bhakti Vinod in Bhakti Aloka is, as we discussed, uh, and it, it bears mention when we do these kind of recaps going forward, that uh, that Sambandha, that Abhideya, that Prayojan is based on truths, and those truths are coming 
in a descending manner. This is not some empiric knowledge. This is knowledge descending from the spiritual realm. Kind of hard. It's a fact. It's kind of hard from our conditioning to, in the beginning especially, um, just accept offhand that there is, first of all, such knowledge that, are you sure somebody just didn't, you know, make this up? But, as I said, if you apply your intelligence, you're going to think, you apply your intelligence to what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has offered, and you're going to say, who could do, who could, well, if, if this is an illusion, I'm willing to go for it. It's the best illusion I've come across. But then, we find out that not only does it have a firm foundation, sambandha, a firm practice, abhideya, a magnificent goal, priogen, but it has a perfect system of checks and balances. So we have the scriptural foundation, but what do we have? That's Shastra. But there's also Guru and Sadhu. And we see that, although this may not have come to me fully, where I can truly have the revelation of the knowledge that's being presented, and all this knowledge is by revelation, our primary scripture. So, Srimad Bhagavatam, the revelation. Narada said, sit down, think about it. No. Samadhi Bhasha, enter into Samadhi and, and bring out the essence of the Vedas. This is what you missed. Think about it. Enter into it. Meditate on it. Then give the, give the, give the cream of this knowledge. And then we have we have the scripture, and then we have this, this checks and balances, guru and sadhu. And even though we can't, it hasn't come to us in the form of a revelation, maybe just some little sprinkling of something that's not quite of this world. I don't understand what I experienced, but. You know, I've, I've I've tried to do a lot of stuff to experience life, but nothing quite touched me in that way. Nothing quite made me feel the way I did in in the in the presence of of this devotee or that devotee or the deity. But when I was reading the book, it was like, where is this? This really this this did something for me. But even if it's not fully come, I, I've had a taste. But I can see the sadhus. I'm living, seeing, associating with these spiritualists. I can see something significant in the way they live. Their lives have actually, they're a lot different from the other people I hang out with. There's some true difference there. They're living by a different set of rules. 
different objective. And then, what to speak of, the, there's some amongst them, especially those that all of, all of them bow down to, that are, wow. So, Guru, Sadhu, Shastra, the Guru, the one that's standing out and, and leading, everyone is falling and saying, yes, this is, hear, hear this, from that source, you'll be amazed the way he puts all the Shastra together and all the pieces fit, and you go, wow. This is something spectacular. So, we have this foundation. Enthusiasm, and we have nischaya, confidence based on a true reality which we can perceive. This isn't just... This this is too good to be true. This couldn't be made. So, and then we talked last time about Daryat, Utsahan Nishjaya Daryat. Some some true soberness, some true, what is it? Patience. Patience. Some patience that's that's routed, that's deeply rooted in a determination to attain the goal, even though it truly seems unattainable from my position. Some confidence is there because I'm instilled with confidence from the association. Everyone's saying, it's okay, you're going to make it through the rough periods, the unsteady practice is going to be steady, it's going to come sooner or later, but it's going to come. And when we look at the whole picture, it's a lot sooner than we, than we can imagine. I'm reminded of a, of a disciple that was, was feeling uh, a little uh, apprehensive in his spiritual practice because he couldn't give up a specific anartha. It was still plaguing his practice. Uh, and Bhakti, he, he brought this uh, to the attention of uh, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dave Goswami. He said, uh, I love the association of devotees. I love, I know I want to be a, a devotee. I, but I, I just, I have this problem. I can't give this up. Have I, I don't even think I've made any advancement in this lifetime. He says, no advancement? You made no advancement? Look, you're associating with devotees. You're, you're here, you're, you're chanting Hare Krishna, how much you've given up already, and you're thinking no advancement because you still have some anartha, you still smoke some marijuana. What is... Uh, no. You just keep with the program. You keep with, in the association. You keep chanting. 
these, this this will go away very easily. It's like a puff of smoke. Not very important. <laughs> You'll see that it's not really taking you anywhere. And you have made advancement. And what you've done has been quite significant. If you look at it in perspective of, of 8,400,000 species of life, how many of those have you inhabited? In your during your term of existence your term here is we cannot find the beginning of it anadi anadi karma you can't trace out when it started we, how long is eternity do we have any conception well there's no beginning to us so if there is no beginning we've been here since the no beginning <laughs> A long, long time. <laughs> Very difficult. So, uh, and now you've come, you've, you've found Guru, you've found Krishna, you've determined that Krishna is for you, and Krishna's made a determination that he's, he's going to do his thing. The Guru's accepted you as a disciple, and Krishna said, well, then I have to help. My devotee wants you to be my my devotee wants you to be my devotee, then I want you to be my devotee too, because whatever my devotee wants, my devotee gets. I make sure of it. There's nothing my devotee wants for. So some patience though is required. I thought I'd uh, relay one thing before we go on to uh, the subject for tonight's lecture, which I didn't mention last time. This is from uh, Sridhar Swami's uh, commentary on Upadesha Amrita, and he always he always sets such a uh, such a. I don't know how to put it. How would you say it? The most comfortable way of presenting things. It really just just settles the mind and the intellect, and just it's like just just pure cream. So he says here, our sh- attitude should be this. This is in relationship to patience. Whatever comes, this is earned by my previous karma. My previous karma has earned such an environment and it is a necessity to teach me. And whenever my teaching will finish, the environment will change. Whatever the circumstance, the environment may be undesirable, but if we are sincere, we must take it with a good motive because the Lord has sent it. Without his sanction, nothing can happen. Not even a straw can move. I am put in such an unfavorable environment. He is seeing this thing. And as soon as this necessity ends, it will be removed. And I shall be placed in another environment. Though there is no error in his decision. 
in the divine decision there cannot be any error error we have to face all circumstances with such an attitude and what's the result of actually facing all these circumstances with such an attitude we look to Prahlad Maharaj what kind of what what was happening in his environment at the hands of his own father and he's just okay trampled by elephants pit of snakes thrown from the top of a mountain the rocky sides how many trials and tribulations and you can say well that's just some that's some special incident so we think that we're not special that Krishna hasn't gone out of his way for us and he's not going out of his way for us that he sent the guru to pick us up that's not special just this Prahlad yes he's most special but we should never think that this favorable environment of devotion bhakti has come to us through the devotee there's something very special in that so in that attitude we can advance nicely So moving on this evening, tat tat karma pavartanat, various activities favorable for devotional service, items that we engage in in the practice, and what those items are is a way to fix our mind on Krishna to make him the center of our universe. Right now, I'm the center of my universe. Everything revolves around me. You are all here for my pleasure. So much do I have today. And if I don't have what I want, I will take it from you tomorrow. This is my universe. So these activities, tat tat karma pavartana, the sadhus, they've written down these activities. These activities are to take me out of the center and put Krishna in the center. And when you first read the list, you get your nectar of devotion and you read these 64 items are required for the devotee to do and kind of shudder and say I can't do that my gosh <laughs> uh, this is going to break my whole illusion you know how can I live life like this you know from morning to night I have to do all this stuff for God <laughs> what about me <laughs> what about my life if I do all this there'll be nothing left for me <laughs> so it's a little daunting in the beginning we're like 
okay, yeah, I wanted that. Sounded good when all we were doing is chanting, eating prashad, and that was great. But what's all this? I got to read all this. I got to remember all this. I got to do like all this. This is this is this is uh, seems a little off offsetting to us at first glance. But we should go beyond the first glance. We should see what's actually there. Is this something? Are we being asked to go and stand in front of a train? Are we being asked to, you know, go to the Himalayas and live in a cave? Are we being asked to take a bath in the middle of winter in the river up to our neck and in the summer to be surrounded by fire? No. We're asked to chant Hare Krishna, worship the deity in a dignified way, respect the devotees in a dignified way, deal with them in a dignified way, see my spiritual master the same as I'd see the Supreme Lord, serve him in that way, follow his instructions according to my capacity sometimes he pushes me to the limit sometimes I have to say maybe maybe I'm better here than you know he's like okay that's whatever let's just stay stay situated properly so Rupa Goswami, he gave 64 items that are, that are very important. Um, in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we have nine items. Well, I can manage. Now we're getting down to my size. Okay. Now down to nine. All right. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaram Padasevanam Archanam Vandanam Dasyam Sakyam Atman Okay. And then comes Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says, There's five items which are the most important items for your devotional life. Oh, well, this is getting more manageable by the minute. Namo Mahabharanaya, Krishna Prava Pradayate. Most merciful incarnation. Now we're down to five. Chanting the holy name. Reading Srimad Bhagavatam. Residing in the holy place of pilgrimage. Serving the deities. What's the fifth? Association with the devotees. Association with the devotees, yes. Bhakti Vinod in his Bhakti Aloka, he says, well, there's two things that are really, really important. These things. If you can do these things, it all... He says, you know, it really boils down just to this. Chanting the holy name and worshiping the devotees with all your heart. Associating with them and not giving up that association under any circumstance. If you can do that, you will be successful. 
So when we look at this tat tat karma pavartanat, we should see it for what it is. It's not something we can't do, it's something that we do according to our capacity. It's something that we incorporate in our life and we incorporate more and more of it as we progress in our devotional practice. It's something we do as we can do it, according to our capacity. Devotional service is like that. The instructions of the spiritual master is like that. They are not here to put walls up that we cannot climb. They're not here to put Krishna far away on the top of a mountain that that we cannot scale. That is not the process of devotional service. Devotional service is to soften our heart so we can learn to love Krishna. There are more people on our side in this endeavor than we've ever had in our material endeavors. There are more people rooting for our success than have ever rooted for our success before. So, tut tut karma pavartana. I'll touch on a few things here. This particular essay by Bhaktivinoda Thakur is probably the longest of all the essays on the 12 items, the 6 items that are unfavorable for our devotional advancement and the 6 items that are favorable. Uh, of the, all those, this one seems to be the longest. Uh, he gets into in his discussion in this particular presentation into showing first of all scriptural reference that supports all these items that Rupa Goswami explained and put in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu um, <laughs> um, quoting from Lord Chaitanya and Chaitanya Charitamrita quoting from Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's really a fest of, of confirmation of the validity of these practices. So then he then he Then, as I said, he, he ends Sadhu Sangha. He ends explaining Sri Shaitanya's five items Sadhu Sangha, Namakirtan, Bhagavat Shravana, Mathura Vas, Sri Mortina, Shradaya Sevana. One should associate with devotees, chant the holy name of the <coughs> Lord. Here, Srimad Bhagavatam reside at Mathura and worship the deity with faith and veneration. These five limbs of devotional service are the best of all. Even a slight performance 
of these five awaken love for Krishna. So that's from Sri Chaitanya's lips himself. He talks a little bit about the uh, qualifications of the guru. Uh, and I think it, it it's 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 worth going through exactly these items which are the qualifications because of the way he presents uh, what's most important. What type of guru one should accept is explained in the Shastra. One who has conquered the six enemies, beginning with, with lust. One who is pure, one who performs devotional service on the path of rag. So somebody that is at the stage. Who who is uh, who is who has that pryojan in such a way that he, he can impart it to his disciple? A taste. What is a raganuga? A raganuga is what? A raganuga is somebody who's aspiring for service to the rigatmikas. That's our path. That's our prayojan. We want that. We want to be able to come to that level of devotional perfection where we, be, we will be invited into that circle to serve some group that's pleasing Krishna. Some group that's working under Krishna's eternal associates. So, the guru should should have that firmly situated uh, as the Prayojan and he should impart that knowledge to the disciple. He should be Brahminical and he should know the clear path of the Vedas and be able to convey that. And one who, who others, other sadhus respect as a guru. So he he does have some qualifications so much so that that his contemporaries also see there's some real significance here. This is somebody that stands out a little bit above the rest. One who is able to control the senses, one who is merciful to all living entities, one who is cultured who is one who is without duplicity and one who is truthful. This type of Bhaktivinoda's word, householder, is fit to be a guru. Again, a matter of culture and understanding Bhaktivinoda's instructions at that time. The time of Bhaktivinoda was in India and at that time Primarily, the guru was a householder. The ashram was in the home of such a householder, devotee of the Lord. And the the sannyasis, for the most part, were not, not that they were not fit, but they're, they're, actually, if you look at it from a very, if you really put it in the context of time, who else could be 
At that time, sannyas, as we see sannyas today, was not really much very prevalent in the Vaishnav practice. People would become, what? Babaji. They would give up house on life and just, just enter into bhajan. Well, it's hard to train a disciple if all you're doing is chanting and <laughs> engaged in bhajan. But that was primarily the Vaishnav path. That, that there were just there was no sannyasas as we see it now. Bhakti Sananta Saraswati uh, more or less brought sannyas back in, along with an introduction of uh, Daivi Varnashram uh, in the Krishna consciousness, in order that the devotees, the Vaishnavas, would be respected in society at large in that culture. So that's why this term, not to misunderstand what Bhaktivinoda is saying here and try to misapply it to today's time, but rather to see that at that time this was who the guru was. The gurus were primarily householders because the Babaji's, they were just completely, they, their concentration was just on Bhajan. And it's hard to work with your disciples and help them and become personally involved with them in such a way that they can advise advance nicely if 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 you really just are engaged in remembering and entering into a, a deeper and deeper uh, uh, relationship with the Lord's holy name. All these qualities are considered in two ways. All the qualities of the, of the guru. The principal quality of a guru is attachment to Krishna and detachment from what is not related to Krishna. All other qualities are secondary. That's why Lord Chaitanya said, and he, said, he quotes the verse, Kiba vipra kiba nyasi sudra kaini naya. E Krishna tattva Veta, say Guru Haya. Regardless of what you are, if you know Krishna, you can be a guru. If one possesses this primary symptom of being a guru, then he is eligible. Even if he's lacking in one or two of the secondary characteristics, he may not be a Brahmin. He may not be fully knowledgeable of all the Vedas, but if he knows Krishna, he's qualified. Um, he kind of puts, he mentions uh, Jad Bharat, and he said, do not look to the exceptional stories in the Bhagavatam and try to apply them in a general way. So, Judd Bharat, as we know, after he came back from that deer experience, mm -hmm. <laughs> he wasn't too much interested in following any, uh, any formal initiation. He just wanted to get out of this place. He didn't want to make any mistakes this time around as Judd Bharat. So, Bhakti makes a point 
in his discussion of this karma pavartana that don't look to that as a as an exemplar or as an excuse for not following those things that are meant to center our mind and our consciousness on Krishna, one of which is acceptance of the guru and accepting initiation. And then he also mentions Dhruva Maharaj. And although Dhruva Maharaj went in his self-same body to the transcendental realm, generally that's not the course of action. So better we be reasonable about our expectations. And that's a good thing for us. He kind of ends his whole discussion because he's 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 gone through great pains in this essay to point out this the the validity according to Shastra and to the great Mahajans, he's he's gone to great pains to validate all of these practices that'll help us. From everything Rupa said in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu to what Prahlad said in the Bhagavatam and what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself said and it's relayed by Krishna Das and Chaitanya Charitamrita. And he says, those who are proud neglect the previous Mahajans and create their own paths, their own new paths. That will not serve us very well. They, uh, that's not our program. He said, by discussing the path of the previous sadhus one gets determination courage and satisfaction and exactly the opposite from making your own path up uh, going along going forward we have such great exemplars and we have why would we want to not take the easy path that they've put forth for us even you do, Lord Chaitanya said, even you do a little of these practices of devotional service, you will end up successful. Why won't we just take that? Why do you have to make something up new? Oh, well, you know, there's this shortcut or you can get in a back door or whatever somebody may say. Or, you know, we can open a hospital and if you do that properly and put Krishna's name on it then, you know, uh, some philanthropic, some mixing up. So many things are there. And we have to be careful that we have such great exemplars in our current sadhus, our spiritual master, and in the prior acharyas, the purva acharyas, those coming before and in Sri Shaitanya, in his personal associate's conduct, in showing us what is and how to do devotional service in a Sangha of devotees, if we just follow that, why you would want to make your own thing up? 
why you would want to speak endlessly about things that do not glorify the path of progressive devotional practice. I'm bewildered by such discussion, even in the name of glorifying a sadhu. Bhaktivinod says, those who are proud and want fame try vigorously to, to discover new paths. Those who have good fortune from past life give up pride and respect the established path. Shruti Smriti Puranadi Pancharatna Vidim Vina Akantiki Harir Bhaktir Devotional service to the Lord that ignores the authorized Vedic literatures, like the Upanishads, Puranas, and Narada Pancharatra, is simply an unnecessary disturbance in society. We don't need to write any new book. We need to explain the books that have been provided us in a way that's appealing. It's all there. It's all there. Perfectly. My spiritual master said, I've not come to give you anything new. But he gave it in such a refreshing way into our culture. And he made some detailed changes in its implementation. And those details need to be changed going forward. But still, these primary practices as enunciated Tat Tat Karma Pavartana. These acts, these are the acts that put Krishna in the center of our life. He, as I said, it's a long discussion, but I've reached the end of my time for this evening. Are there any questions? I thank you so much for your association. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.